You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome back to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're continuing on with our study on resisting the devil. And uh, we're going to go back to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, New King James Version. Be sober, be vigilant, because your opponent in a lawsuit, your adversary the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know, um, when I was a kid, and I remember this in the first grade, uh, we had a little water fountain in our classroom in the first grade. And uh, one of the little kids in my class uh, raised his hand and said, "Uh, Teacher, may I go get a drink? And she said, Yes, you may. And so I followed it up with, Teacher, can I go get a drink? And she said, No, you may not. And I thought, Whoa, that was a little bit of discrimination there. I didn't know that word, but you know, I felt like I had been slighted. And another child raised the hand and said, Teacher, may I get a drink? And she said, yes, you may. I said, teacher, can I get a drink? And she said, no, you may not. And so I finally just asked the question, why can't I get a drink? And she said, when you're asking permission, you say, may I, not can I? I said, teacher, may I get a drink? Yes, you may. I learned early on in the first grade the difference between can and may. Now listen to this. The devil is looking for those that he may devour. In other words, he's looking for permission. And all through Scripture, you see this. Even in his attack against Job, he did not launch a single attack until he had permission. Now somebody says, well, that means then that all these bad things are happening to me because God is permitting the devil to do it to me and he must have some purpose. No, very often we are the ones who are giving the devil the permission. You know, Jesus said to us that we have the authority that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, meaning that we are the ones who are opening and closing doors, whether we realize it or not. Now, that doesn't mean that God doesn't open a door or close a door, but it does mean that most of the time we are the ones who are giving the enemy permission. And the other thing I want you to see, too, is that as long as you're in this world, you will be a target. You will be tempted by the devil. That doesn't mean that the temptation gets to accomplish what it was sent to do. Uh, That's what God said in Isaiah. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. And God makes it very clear that the thing that the enemy designed doesn't necessarily get to come to pass. You can stop it. All right, so let's go on. The devil operates in much the same way as a pride of lions, and you have probably heard this. I heard this for the first time in the 80s, and I thought it was an excellent observation. When lions hunt together, it is not the male who does all the chasing, the running down, and the killing. That 
is the job of the lioness, and there are several of them in a pride. They hunt together. The male's job is to frighten the prey with his roaring. And as he roars, and it's a blood-curdling sound, believe you me. I mean, there's no way that any human being can imitate that. I have been up close and personal when lions have roared, and it just, the the lungs and the lowness of the roar is just, it's very telling. The only thing that I can compare to it is a roar from a grizzly bear, but that's not even close. And so uh, anyway, the prey animal's fear pushes it into the trap because it runs from the roar into the waiting females who are hiding in concealment. And the prey animal would have been much better off had it run straight to the roar. Fear, then, is the first wave of any attack of the enemy. And I want you to see from the Scriptures, from the Scriptures, that God does not use fear in any of His attacks. I was in a church in Arkansas about three years ago. The Holy Spirit gave me a word for someone in the audience. And uh, I, I felt like it was a woman, and I said, there's a parent here. And, and it seems to me like now as I look back on it, I knew it was a woman. There's a mother here who you wake up in the middle of the night and you have these dreadful thoughts about your son. And uh, you're very concerned and, and very horrible images come to you. Your son is not walking in full fellowship with God and you are seeing destruction. And it's tormenting your mind. And I just came to tell you that those thoughts are not from God. That, that's the enemy trying to torment you. When those thoughts come, you rebuke the devil. Don't let those thoughts go unanswered. You rebuke him and begin to quote the word over your child. There is an umbrella over your child, even though your child didn't walk in full fellowship with God, but because of you and your faith, you have an opportunity to stay off judgment on him. And so you, God, God would not torment you with warnings about this, painting evil pictures of this before it happens. That's not his way. He doesn't do that at all. Uh, Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That is a powerful verse. Let's go on and read. Behold, all those who were incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing, and those who strive with you shall perish. And I, I, I don't talk about this often, but there have been times that there were certain people, and in this instance, in the body of Christ, who made themselves my enemies, uh, not for something personal that I did to them or anything that I said. In fact, most of the time, I hardly knew them. Uh, but they purposed to attack me and to attack the work of our church, and they died, and they died prematurely. And I can think of at least a half dozen cases of where this happened. And here it says, those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contended with you, those who war against you, shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. Now, I'm not praying for their death and destruction. That is something that only God can release. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. So it, it, the, the Lord may withdraw his hand of mercy and grace from them, 
but he's not going to allow me, if I'm trusting him, he's not going to allow these wicked people with wicked motivations, he's not going to allow them to uh, take me under, uh, especially if, they, if there's nothing that I've done. All right, now, God takes a stand against the people that are used of the devil. And you can see it. Nero had Paul executed, but it wasn't long after that that Nero died disgracefully. And today people name their sons Paul and their dogs Nero. Uh, so God has a way of turning things around. The Holy Spirit who dwells in us is counter to the spirit of fear. Uh, listen to what Paul said to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Mark this in your Bible. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I want to say something here. We're not praying for a new baptism in the Holy Spirit. We're stirring up the gift of the Holy Spirit who is already in us. People talk about, I need the Spirit to come. No, you don't. If you're Spirit-filled, you, you need to stir up the gift that's in you. He, God didn't withdraw His Spirit. He didn't take it all out of you or take Him all out of you. Uh, you need to stir Him up. He's there waiting to be called on. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if fear is working, that's not coming from God. The Holy Spirit is not a spirit of fear, but it is something that comes from Satan. Now let's talk about that for a minute technically. What is Satan? He's an angel. He was created as an angel. Is he on the same plane as God? Absolutely not. He doesn't even begin to compare to God. He is an opposite of God in motive. He is an opposite of God in character. But he is not an opposite of God in power, and you need to know that. We think that there are these two forces that are struggling, and one as powerful as the other, one light and one dark. That's not so. The devil doesn't even come close to being as powerful as God Almighty. So he is Almighty God. Therefore, do not accept anything that comes through fear. Now, after destruction came upon Job, he made a confession. This is in the King James Version, Job chapter 3, verses 25 and 26. He said this, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. I was not in safety, I was not at rest, nor was I quiet, and yet trouble came. That's what Job said, Job 3, 25 and 26. So fear came first to Job. Then the troubles started. Now let me read to you what is going on in the heavenlies that Job cannot see. This is by divine revelation that this was written. Job 1.10, New King James Version. Satan is speaking to God. He wants to attack Job. He is accusing Job before God, telling God that the only reason that Job worships him is because Job is rich. This is what Satan said. Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You've blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. Satan himself acknowledged that he could not get to Job. But Job said, I feared this, and it came. Could it be that God was obligated to lower the hedge because Job had given place to fear. Fear opens doors. Listen, 
Fear will keep you from the blessing of God. First thing the angel said to Mary, fear not, Mary. Had Mary remained afraid when the angel Gabriel came to her, she could never have become the mother of our Lord. Uh, she had to get rid of the fear in order to receive the blessing. It, fear is like a foreign car parked in your parking spot. You can't put your car in that spot till you get rid of the other car that took your place. That's what fear is. Back it out. You have the right legally to tow that baby off and to free up your parking spot. If someone parked their car in front of my garage door and I couldn't get out in the morning, do you think I would just sit around and worry about it and say, man, it's a shame. I can't even get out of my own garage. No, I'd call a tow company and I'd have that car hauled off. And so that's what you need to do with fear. You have the authority. Get it out of your way so that you can go on with God. It's all the time I have for today, but we'll pick up here tomorrow. We're not yet done. I'll see you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.